Okay, are you ready? I don't think I'm ready. I'm really excited about this episode. You guys, I have our very first guest here with us today, and I am so excited to get to introduce her to you. You might know her from TikTok, where she has amassed over 500,000 followers, teaching people how to change their life sustainably through habits. You also might know her from her series, Sad to Savage, her podcast, Sad to Savage, where she also has a six-week course where she teaches you how to go from sad to savage. Now, you may know her from online, but I know her personally, and she has been an inspiration from the day that we met. I am so incredibly excited for her to share her message and some of the tools from her growing journey with us today. Without further ado, she is Shelby Sacco. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Shelby. Thank you for having me here. I'm so excited. And I like that you mentioned since we met, and me and Liv actually met during sorority recruitment in college. And then competed in a pageant together. And then she asked me to come on this podcast. And I'm so excited. I'm so happy that I'm here. Yeah. When I was going through recruitment, Shelby. So I was between these two sororities. And I was like, like my heart is torn. Because I want Shelby to stay in my life, right? But I also feel like I found this home somewhere else. And so I knew that I had to keep her in my life somehow. And I'm so glad she actually inspired me to run for Miss Michigan and do that whole process and really, you know, push myself to grow in that way. And I've watched her on her journeys through all of the Miss Michigans as well. So it's been such an honor to like watch you grow and also be able to like see the possibilities for myself through everything that you've done. I love that perspective. Um, So before we get started, I like to set an intention for every podcast episode. So today's intention for me is going to be to convey a message and to be able to pull out the right messaging so that it goes past people's ears and into their minds and into their hearts so that we can truly you know, touch people's lives a little bit deeper today because I think that your message is so strong and truly can make a difference in people's lives. If you wanna go ahead and set an intention, go ahead. I love that. Wow, that was a beautiful intention. I would say my intention is transparent communication. I love talking about my journey and I love teaching and I love sharing but I always want to make sure that I'm being as transparent as possible so that I'm setting everyone up for success so that they can see it within their own world and understand how I got to certain thoughts or realizations. That relatability, that that sense of transparency, it's so crazy because I think I used to hide a lot of things and like try to like portray this beautiful, perfect life, but being transparent allows others to actually see themselves within you and see that they can do it too. They can make these changes too. Absolutely. And I think that honestly, now with the way that social media is tilted and kind of what we see online, it's so hard to relate to people who are in the wellness industry. And so you're sitting there and you're like, where am I supposed to start if my life is supposed to already look like what everybody's seeing? You know, you don't really get that view of where people are starting. And that's what I love so much about your platform, because you can see like exactly where you started and you're so transparent about where you were like a year or two ago compared to where you are now. And it's nice to be able to know that that journey is possible for everyone. I love, I love that you said that because my biggest thing before essentially going from sad to savage when I was just sad was I would look online and just see people doing it and being like, oh, you need to be here too. Or like, you could have this life, but not actually teaching or showing you how they did it or showing you how. So I love that, that, that message that I want so badly. Like, here's how I did it. Here's how you can do it is, is coming through. Exactly. And I feel like I'm in the same place that you probably were about a year ago. I'm I'm living at home. I'm post-grad. I know that I have so much more to offer this world and that like there's something more for me out there that I am 
at just so close to leveling up to, but I just need that little push, like that little bit of self-confidence and that little bit of like consistent work to get there. Being able to see the possibility right in front of your eyes is so truly inspiring. So thank you so much for showing everybody that it is possible. Oh my God. Thank you. You're so kind. I love talking to you. I want to start from the beginning before we even get into, you know, the habits and everything that kind of has amassed this huge community that you have now. I want to talk about little Shelby. We always see these cute little videos of you strutting around the stage when you were younger. When was it that you really realized that like there was something bigger for you, that you enjoyed being on stage, you enjoyed you know, being in the light a little bit more? Like, when did your personality really just start to pop out? So that's a funny question because I was writing this into one of my next podcast episodes, like a perspective into like why I am or, or the qualities that I have. And I'm one of six kids and I'm the second oldest. And I, oh, I always get this comment in my TikToks that I talk so fast. And my parents will always say, like when I was younger, I was always one of the oldest and they always had like a cute little baby that needed attention. And if I wanted to get anything in, like any words in, I had to be fast. Like I had to fire it off. And so I think my siblings and my upbringing really is why I love being on stage. I love like talking. I love that little limelight. And I think um, not only from just like kind of finding attention in other places and my parents gave me attention, but I'm the second oldest of six. Like there's, there's so much going on. But I also found that I love telling stories. I studied journalism and criminal justice in college. And I think that I'm really, I have this, this interesting understanding of how to explain things or teach things, which I also think came from my upbringing of having so many different siblings who all learned and processed in different ways. Because my siblings are across the board with like, um, one of my sisters has like a, a little, an interesting way of learning that we really had to adapt to because she had a harder time understanding things. So I got really good at explaining and teaching things while also having this love of like being able to talk to anyone. My siblings also, and I don't know if this is because of me or because of just who they are too, they didn't like to talk that much, the two that are right under me. So I would always talk for them. Like I always explain things to them. I'd always like introduce them to people. So I think I just got really used to it at a young age. And then I started competing yeah. in pageants. I think my mom just like wanted things for us to do. And like would just do like put us in camps, put us in. Um, I did like fame camp as a child, like where you literally would just perform. And I genuinely think my mom just wanted us out of the house. But then we started doing pageants and my older sister would beat me every single time. We were always in the same age group. And I think that taught me a lot too, because when when you like lose, and especially when you're young, it's like kind of sad. And you're like, oh, but when it's your sister, you're like happy, but you're also sad. And you're like, what the heck? And so she stopped doing pageants and I continued just because I love it. I like being on stage. I like um, the aspect of like actually meeting people through that experience. So I think my upbringing and being one of six, it really is why I like love talking, why I love the spotlight, why I love storytelling. I love that. You kind of had to take on that natural leadership because of your family. And then it just developed into who you were. Like you were meant to be who you are in your family, but also in the world, because that's just like where you were placed in life. That's where the universe knew you had to be to teach people and to lead them in that way. So I love that. When you were younger, what did you see yourself becoming when you were older? Like how have your dreams changed from that point in your life to where they are now? Kind of like take us from you know, little pageant Shelby to high school to college to now post-grad. I'm sure where you are now is probably not something that you thought that you would be, you know. I think serendipity happens for the best of reasons. And I would love to know how your brain and how your life changed to become who you are today. I love that question. So I, and this is going to sound crazy. I don't even know if I've talked about this really, but I wanted to be in the FBI my entire life. 
and I loved public speaking and I loved like all things like being on camera and attention. So I chose both broadcast journalism and criminal justice so that I could potentially be like the um, press secretary for the FBI. That was always my dream. Like I wanted to be involved in both worlds. And so, um, and the reason I love criminal justice so much, and I like, I was like wild about it in middle school and high school and college was because I think I was really sheltered. I was, I was raised super conservative um, and conservative in terms of like no contact with like the outside world. Like we don't know bad things happen. Like you wear like very concealing clothes, like very sheltered, I guess I would say. And I found out I was on the computer one day and I found out, I guess that like people could die and like be killed. And because I'm so protective of my siblings, it like threw off my entire world. Like I became obsessed with like trying to figure out how to protect my siblings. And then I wanted, I've always had this thing where like, I want to protect my siblings, but like, then I'm like, oh, people don't have a big sister. Like other people need me too. And so I studied criminal justice essentially in middle school, high school, I made like a binder of like sex offenders in my, in my city. And I would, this is crazy. I would literally like study them and be like, in case I ever see them in public, I need to like protect people. Cause I just was so like confused. But so I studied it in college. And after um, I did like all those little business meetings and, and career fairs. And I went to DC and I worked for Homeland Security. Like I had, I was in the world. And essentially I had this meeting with people that were in the FBI in the Detroit area. And they said that like, I could be a secretary for a few years. And I was like heartbroken. I was like, what? And they're like, well, if you go to law school and get a law degree, you'll have a better chance. And so I straight up started studying for the LSAT. And I took the LSAT. I was studying for it again when COVID happened. And then I took the first job that I could find. I was working in event planning just to have a job while I was studying. And so I took the first job that I could get when COVID hit because events were out and it was in social media. And so I was like, I love social media. I post all the time. Like, it's so much fun, whatever. I might as well just work in it for now. And so I started working in social media and I got really good at it. And then I got another job, which was working as a data analyst for GMC and Buick. And so I'd study their social media and just like all the analytics behind it, which is crazy because I've never been good at math. Like I'm like a people person. I'm good at like stories, writing, reading, mm-hmm. math. I literally um, had a math tutor in college for nine hours a week to two five math and then I started working with numbers and I'm like what the heck am I doing um but then during all this when I essentially started going through after college when I started getting into my sad phase but I was still working social media I was learning and then I started sharing my journey which I would call a self-love journey back in the day I guess back when it started two years ago yeah yeah from Instagram so Uh so I'd post it all on Instagram and it was more like sharing my life and trying to like trying to not necessarily teach people the way I am now, but trying to share what I was learning and share like, oh, this is what I'm right, doing or this is what I'm thinking. Show people. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, this is kind of working for me, like if people want to try it. And so when I was it's so in the world of social media and I really understood it. So when I started posting on TikTok and I actually posted, like I didn't have the idea that I was going viral or that anything crazy was going to come from it when I posted. I was just having a day where I was really frustrated and mad. Because I kind of what we were talking about earlier, I looked online, I was looking up a specific habit. Um, and I was like, Oh, like TikTok has everything. I'll just look on TikTok for it. And there was I, I started really realizing more than ever that there was nothing still nothing in this this platform that teaches you everything that has so many people talking. And it was like, I just like started feeling like sad and bad because I was like, well, people probably have those same thoughts like that I had. And that's one of the reasons I like sharing in the first place, like, how do I actually do this? And so I went home and filmed a video just like kind of ranting, like, well, I literally went from sad to freaking savage. And I changed all these things in my life because I changed my habits. And I like listed them. It's like, I can teach you guys. Like I'll teach, I'll literally teach anyone how to do it. And I remember I went 
and took a shower. Like, I had gotten back from the gym, took a shower, came back out, and that video was already going viral. And I was like, what the heck's going on? And so, because I had this this last three years um, of social media experience, by the next day, I had an entire plan, an entire series of every single habit I wanted to teach, the way that I wanted to teach it. I started researching how people learned, whether it was through like visual, audible um, stories, and, and basically like emerged in learning how to teach it so that I could do it to the best of my ability. Because I knew that I wanted to teach people. I knew I wanted to help people and explain how to change your habits, change your life. But I also knew that I wanted to do it justice. Like I wanted to make sure I was giving people the right information, exactly what it is, like how to do it for their life. And so while my whole life, I thought I'd be an FBI. Now I think I might've ruined my chances of that because I'm so like out there on the internet. It's, it's so crazy that my whole life was, was built around criminal justice and the FBI. And now I'm in this completely different world that I, my, my career path basically prepared me for and that I understand so well. And I, I do think that everything that happened was supposed to take me here, was supposed to leave me here. And I always say that the pain from, from when I was sad and started learning all these habits and having to change my life the pain, any pain that we feel in life truly has a purpose. And it's really, really hard to see it in the moment. But anything that we're going through, any hard moments that we're like questioning, why do I feel this way? Or why is this happening? There's a greater purpose that we won't be able to see till we kind of look back and connect that like little, I always call them rainbows, where I can connect something from the future and the past. Absolutely. What I was hearing in there was that you took something that like you didn't originally start with, and you linked in little things that you've learned over the years, but then you continued to research so that you could touch as many people as possible. And I think that that is such a strong key point in succeeding on social media these days, because you'll find people who are just like sharing as much as they can, as much as they can, but with not much depth to it. And I feel like that is where we get like misled on social media. So I love that you talked about the research and really learning like the ins and outs of how different people learn and communicate so that you could touch as many people as possible. I think that that is like the key to it all, honestly. When you started like and made that plan and then continued to post, how did you deal with like, did you ever feel that the symptoms of imposter syndrome? Is this for me? Am I doing the right thing? Like, how did you overcome that initial wave of like, can I actually do this? Am I sharing the correct information? So when it comes to imposter syndrome I wouldn't say that I, I've experienced that or that I was ever doubtful because I'm like this is me I knew I established really really quickly what my morals were what I wanted to be able to do and and I had to have like really hard conversations with myself back and forth because there were so many habits that I wanted to teach that that I knew other people like were struggling with that I could help with but things that like really challenged me to show those parts of me that I hadn't yet like I talk a lot about disordered eating and I remember I was like, oh my God, like I, this is something that's so, so close to home that maybe, maybe like two to five people in my life had any idea of, not even like I'm talking about it, like had an idea of that now I'm like blasting to the world. So I think opposed to imposter syndrome, it was more like making sure I was aligned on who I am, what my morals are, and then what I was like knowing that I had to do certain things to be able to help people in the way that I wanted. But something else that I'll do, because I, I on, on the topic of wanting to make sure that I know what I'm saying and it's all correct, is I will read any book that I will read, I will read it at least a minimum of three times before I start teaching it or like implementing anything in my life. And the reason behind that is, is I like reading things and then annotating it, like writing questions or highlighting. And then I like going back through it and reading it again and being like, oh my God, that makes sense. 
And then I like going through it again and pulling out things that I think would apply not only to me, but other people so that I can make sure that I'm like, okay, this is accurate. This is going to help someone. And I think I look at things now from a different perspective because it's not just my life. I know what works for me. I know how to teach these habits, but I know that everyone has so many different factors that made them who they are, their qualities, their upbringing, environments, their wants that now I'm really, really like more conscious of it as a whole. I will say something crazy that I learned on this journey that I don't think I talk about as much as I should or as much as I want to is that growth, like when you're, when you're growing, when you're going through these changes, when you're changing your life, it's really, really isolating at a point because you're realizing like you want things that are different. You're, you're changing from different things that you're used to, different habits and different routines. And that doesn't necessarily mean that other people in your life are going to understand it or want those same things, which is completely okay. So when I was starting to post all these things and, and know that this is what I wanted, I knew that I had so much to give and I, I knew right away that I was doing it right. Like people were learning and people were changing their lives. I have people that found me like right away when I started posting, I posted January 21st, the video that like really blew up. And I have people to this day that will like contact me, email me, um, write reviews on my podcast saying like, I found you in February and you've changed my life, like everything you teach. And, and that's something that's so cool to me. But in my life, when you look at like the, my life personally, there were so many things that had, I had to change not around my, that, that were my habits, my routines, but that I, I didn't have to deal with before. Like my weekend plans, hang out with my boyfriend, hang out with my family, things that I would do in my free time. Like, like my actual life had to change to make this dream realistic and something that I could keep up with and actually create correctly. And I love that you said that because I was actually just talking about that in my first episode, just a brief run through of it. And I said, when you start to make this journey, and even if you're kind of far along in it, I feel like personally, I've been trying to work on myself for probably about a year and a half, two years now, and started using like journaling and meditating as tools even before that. But COVID really pushed me like deeper into trying to connect with myself. But I'm still at a point where I feel lonely. Like I don't have this huge group of friends and this huge group of people who surround me every day because I'm still in that part of life where you know, not everybody is understanding of where I'm at in my life. And I also want to take my time, like the priorities on my list are more prioritized towards making sure that I'm getting what I need and I am properly giving what I should be giving to the people in my life without spreading myself too thin. And I think that that's huge because when you start to grow, you need to understand that like you need to give yourself that time to grow. It's not instant and it's not quick. It, it takes time and it takes the pain and the ups and downs before you get to where you truly want to be. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. There was like a, a graphic that I saw online that it was like, people think growth looks like this and it's like that chart going up, but it really is the highs, the lows until you get to that place where you're like, oh my gosh, this is working for me. Like this, this feels really good. It, it, it really is. And I like that you said it takes time because it really does. Cause you have to learn so much about what's going to work for you. And I think the biggest thing I realized is that if you, and I read this quote a thousand times before it actually clicked, right? Like, you know, when you see something you're like, I love that, but then you see it in a whole yeah. different light. And it was like, if you, if you want different, you have to choose different. I had it as my freaking screensaver and it still didn't click for so long. And I realized like the things that I was choosing, like if I wanted this life where, where I'm teaching people and I'm making a difference, I couldn't do the same, same things of hanging out with my boyfriend after work. Um, whenever my siblings needed me to kind of call and listening to them, kind of taking on like their traumas, their problems, and making them my own. 
um, hanging out with friends, drinking, being hungover. These were all things that I was like, if I want a different life, I can't do these things. And it, it like clicked, which is when I think I, I became more isolated, more, oh my God, growth is kind of freaking lonely. But, um, but I think also I realized that selfish, being selfish is not a bad thing. Like, I think the word's so negative, like, oh, she's selfish. I think that learning how to be selfish, like you said, not spreading yourself too thin, like where you can allocate your love and your time was one of the best qualities, best things that I learned, which also contributes to how I got here is actually learning how to be selfish. Mm -hmm. And setting boundaries, like healthy boundaries with the people in your life, because you don't always have to be giving and you don't always have to be taking, but there has to be this fine balance of when you can give and when you can take and when you need to just say no. And that's okay. And I think a lot of people have a hard time with saying no, but honestly, that's you, you're just going to have to, and you're going to have to let people out of your life. And just, if they're no longer aligning with you, just leave them behind. And that's hard to let people go from your old self, but really like you're in this creation of creating a whole new self. Like you said, you have to drop those old habits in order to develop new ones in the place of those. And if you're dropping those habits, you're also dropping the people that were surrounding you when you were that person, because yes. you're in, your community creates who you are. You are directly like a reflection of who's surrounding you. That's why in college I had such a hard time, I think, because there's kind of a toxic culture in college that nobody really talks about. Uh, and so after college, I saw myself really just being isolated from some of the people that I had met in college. And I had to be okay with that. And I am okay with that because I realized that you know, if I want to be this, this version of myself, I can't surround myself with people who don't believe the same thing or don't, who don't act the same way. Oh, I literally so. got chills. <laughs> it's, and yeah. when you say who you, you, who you surround yourself is who you are. I could scream that from the rooftops. I read a study when I was like, I'm like deep in my research phase. Like I look up everything. I read everything that I can find, TED Talks, um, different studies, but the five people that like surround you, your network, you mimic their qualities, you mimic their choices, you mimic their income, you mimic ev like even mm -hmm. if you don't notice it subconsciously and there are things. And, and once I started learning that, I started looking in my own life, where am I picking up these qualities of the people that I'm surrounded with? And it was like crazy. The things that I realized, I look at my boyfriend and he moved into a house with um, a couple who are now engaged and I love them so much, but I can see qualities from before he lived with them and qualities that he picked up from them that was subconscious it's crazy mm -hmm. so who you surround yourself with is so so important and I love I love your perspective on so many things like you have to be okay with letting those connections go especially if like in terms of like college I remember like I, I liked being like I liked those moments of like being um after you drink and having those funny stories. And, and I realized like, I don't want to act that way. I don't want those. Those give me anxiety. Like, mm -hmm. yes, there's something that's relevant in my friendship, but I realized I, I was torn back and forth. Like, oh, well, I don't want to lose my friends. I, I don't want to lose those moments. But then I was like, oh, like when I'm with them, if I'm feeling sad, like I don't have those moments, we have nothing to connect over. Like that's what the connection was. This connection isn't to, to, to me and this growth and, and who I want to become. It's, it's almost like that entertainment that I could provide and, and thinking through those little moments has been so crucial to like not necessarily even letting go but like understanding different relationships that I want to have that are going to help me that are going to help me grow into who I want to be in and, and that person that I know I want to become absolutely and that comes with hardcore relationships too like you don't even realize that something might be holding you back until you've made it to the other side of it 
and then you look back and you're like you mean I let myself be treated like that that's ridiculous oh my god do you... <laughs> um, there's some ex-boyfriends in this community that we don't need to discuss but that have treated us like shit and it's so not fair and you realize after the fact that you're like I have always been this powerful person that I see myself as right now how did I ever let her light be so dimmed how did I ever let that happen? And then you come out on the other side and you're like, I can't even believe that words like that were said to me and I just took it. It's so crazy. Do you know, one of my ex-boyfriends, my most recent ex-boyfriend, when I would talk about habits and like I was, right when I was learning about them, I was so passionate. Like I, like anyone in my life that would let me talk about them, I would spew information to. And anytime it'd be, he would be there and it'd be a conversation with someone else. I'd be like, I just read this book on habits. And he'd be like, uh, don't get ahead of yourself. You literally listen to it as an audiobook. Like, you didn't read that. Like, in this conversation, I'd be like, first off, that one I did read. But also, like, it's crazy how when you have people that are, like, maybe dealing with their own demons and, and bringing you down and, or just, like, that constant in your life, how much it affects you and your ability to be this person. Those And that intimate relationship when you're, like, tricked. Like, you're like, this person loves me. They want the best for me. It's like, no, not... Not everyone has your heart and, and who you are. And you're seeing from your perspective. You're not seeing from their perspective. I think I've learned that too. Like sometimes like you just think people are amazing and the best, but you're like, oh my God, that's me reflecting on them. Like I, because I have these qualities, I think that they, they have, I see the best in them. And it's like, that's not it. Mm -hmm. Letting people out of your life is, is such a blessing, such a blessing. I agree. I agree. When, after college, did you feel the self-awareness kick in that you were no longer aligned with some of those old habits and, like, some of the things that, right after post-grad, like, your job, maybe you weren't so aligned with that? And when did it kick in that you were, you really wanted to make that change? I know you had talked about it for a brief moment that, you know, you noticed that those old, you know, stories didn't align anymore, and so you, that's when you decided to make the change. But was there a moment of, like, self-awareness in your sad phase where you really were propelled forward to make that difference in your life there I feel like there were so many things that happened and that I that I wasn't aware of that I was slowly learning like I I would have never identified with being anxious or sad at any time in my life until after college and so I would be working this job Monday through Friday so confused I felt like like there were so many things that I felt like were wrong in my life but then I would have the same habit of going out and drinking and blacking out and acting how I acted in college in a different world, which I think is looking back on college. I'm like, that's such a crazy way of life. It just like really abusing alcohol, but because it's a social norm, not knowing, and then thinking yeah. it's going to change when you're out of college. And so I would binge drink, be hungover, have, have horrible anxious weekends and go into the week in that mindset. I was also struggling with, um, so many just so many things with my mental and my physical health and slowly I started realizing like I cannot live like this because like I don't want to even like I was having horrible thoughts like I don't even want to be here why would I continue to act I'm acting like it just wasn't serving me I just kept thinking like this life is not one that I want to be in anymore like I don't want to live like this and so the more I became aware of the things that were like causing me pain causing me anxiety and like making me feel miserable the more I was like I want to change them so badly but i don't know how i feel like i was never taught the tools on how to make healthy changes and how to like actually get yourself out of a rut i also had never been in that place in my life before i had never struggled with depression i never struggled with anxiety i'd watched my sisters for years or my friends and, and i'd never really understood it until i was in it 
And I think that was crazy because that like threw my whole world for a loop. I was, I had never been quote unquote sad. I didn't fit this, this, this role. Like it, I think that I struggled with that too, because I had this really great life when looking at it, like from the outside that when I was feeling all these things, I was like, I almost feel like I almost felt imposter syndrome in that situation. Like my family doesn't know me as someone who struggles with things like this. My friends don't know me as someone who struggles. Like, I don't know me as someone who struggles with this. Like, is this even, am I even allowed to feel this way? Am I allowed to feel sad? And so when I started becoming aware of all the choices that I was making and I knew I wanted to change and I didn't know how, and I couldn't figure it out on the internet, it was like, oh my God, I, I either have to figure this out or like, I'm just going to be stuck in this. And once I realized the perspective that, because I, I mentioned my sisters had been struggling with depression and anxiety for years and I'd always wanted to help them. But when I realized my own thoughts compared to theirs, like, I'm like, holy shit. Like if, if these are the thoughts that I'm having, have they always had these thoughts? Like, have they always felt like this? And that was like a really big moment for me. I think a moment for me to really push me into the entire status savage journey. And it's crazy because in a lot of re- things that I've researched, it's like why people change or, or like big life events that happen that, that throw you in this new world and actually create change is, is a belief or like a traumatic or a big event. Like for example, um, if someone struggles with alcohol and they're going to lose their family, sometimes that's their turning point where it's like this, this big thing. And I think my big thing was, oh my God, like my siblings could have the same horrible dark thoughts that I'm having. And that switched everything around for me really quick. But I think it was becoming aware of a lot of little things, a lot of things that made me feel bad and made me feel sad and realizing that if I just kept doing them, if I didn't do something different, I would just keep, I think I was just gonna keep feeling worse and worse. Talk so much about your family and I love how much they impact your journey because I think that a lot of people kind of discredit the fact that their family is there for them and that they can go through this with them. And there's ever a time to make that leap and make that change in your life. It's when you're surrounded by the people who are gonna have to be there for you no matter what, which in your case is your family. And it's cool because the more that I've grown, the more I can really, really help my siblings. And you know what? I think the the whole growth on TikTok has been amazing for my family because I would give advice and I would talk through these habits and sit with my sisters and be like, okay, we're gonna figure out our lives. But the more that I've gone viral, I think the more that they actually, and I would never say they didn't support me or believe me. I think they always have. But the more that they can see my impact in others' lives, I think the more they believe that it's true and it's possible for them too. Like my sister, actually my oldest sister is in one of my six week classes right now. And it's so cool. Cause I've been like, I'll preach to my siblings, my family for forever. And so it got to a point where like, we were having all these conversations and I was trying to help her grow. And I was like, you should just take my class. Like you might really like it. And she was like, okay. And I can see her growth now. And she's, she's like learning and understanding. It's, it's so cool. I'm like, this is crazy. So if one of the best things that's happened from this journey is like my, my siblings, they were taking my advice, but now it's like, like, it's a little bit deeper. She is now looking up to you and like taking all of these resources. And it just makes you all the more credible because if you trust yourself to teach your family, you're going to trust yourself to teach the rest of the world. And I, I absolutely love that. Can you start to elaborate a little bit more on some of the tools that started this journey? I know you read a lot of books and then you kind of took the habit loop and then developed your progress forward to change your habits. Were there any other tools that kind of really started that beginning process when maybe you didn't know too much about the habit loop uh, and needed that start to propel forward? I knew absolutely nothing. I did not know where to start. I was so confused. And I thought that people who read books were smart. Like that was my whole basis for deciding to start reading as the beginning of my journey. Like I'm like, people literally sit, and because I studied journalism and, and wrote all the time, 
It's like people go through the whole process of writing, editing, publishing a book, researching it. So they must be freaking smart. So I picked a book on habits by literally the grace of God. Like, I don't know why I picked habits. I have like, it, it just was like, I looked up self-help books and it was like power of habit. I'm like, okay, I'll read this one. And so I started learning about, and the book was boring, honestly, 50%. It's my favorite book in the whole world, but it's 50% boring, 50% brilliant. So at first I was like, oh, like what? Like, this is just, I'm just sitting here reading this. Like what the heck's going on? Um, and I audiobooked it and read it. And so I started learning about habits and started realizing how many bad habits I had and how so many things I tried to change in the past, I just tried to stop. And I wasn't utilizing this, this habit loop and the actual step-by-step -step process to how you're like scientifically supposed to do it. And so I started reading more and more about habits and actually like sitting and taking the time to like sit with myself and figure out how I was going to implement them, what I was going to change, how I could create new ones in my life. And then from there, I essentially found that it was like working, like it, it had nothing to do with motivation or um, all the things that I thought you had to do in the past to change your life. It was more just your little tiny habits in your life. So between reading, journaling, and then implementing them, like actually trying them, that's where all of my change started coming from. And from there, I got so obsessed, like so obsessed. I was like, holy shit, does no one know about habits? That I started reading any book that I could find. And then from the habits that I created, I started finding new things that I liked, almost like a, like branching out in terms of like different workout things that I liked and, and discovering and trying new things there. Um, I started watching TED Talks, anything that I could find on habits, I was like obsessed with, like, this is just making way too much sense to me. And so that's where it all started and just kept spiraling and continuing and continuing. There was a lot of trial and error, I would say, because I was, I was on my own trying to learn these things. I really started with just reading and learning. And, and the biggest thing I, I want anyone to take away from that is that there, anytime that you read something or you listen to a podcast or you, you research a TED talk or, or an article, anything, you are going to learn one thing that literally could change your entire life. So the more that you put yourself in that space, the more that you read or, or go on a walk and listen to an audiobook, anything like that, that's you literally setting yourself up for success. You're never going to get through a book and be like, oh, wow, I learned nothing or, oh, that was horrible. There's always going to be such a beautiful outcome from it. And I could not be more grateful that my mind took me to the place to be like, oh, you should read a book because that really yeah, did change my life. Yeah. And sometimes you're right. You get through all of these books and you're like, um, okay, I think I really wanted to stop this halfway through. But by the end of it, you've at least one major message from it. And then you can take that message and continue to digging deeper with it in other books. And it just continues to spiral. And now I think that there's so many podcasts and like you said, audiobooks that I think it makes it so easy to access this information and just giving it to the people and saying, here are all the resources. I'm also a resource. Let's go through this together. You know, let's listen together. Let's continue to grow together is really the best thing that we can do to continue to help a community grow. After you got into the habit loop, what was the first thing that you started changing? So I had, I gained a lot of weight living at home. I struggled with disordered eating. Um, I took, it was like a roller coaster, but the last thing that I really struggled with was that I would take Adderall in college and essentially built this habit of never eating, like just never eating. So when I got back from school and I didn't have access to Adderall, I still had the habit of never eating, but it turned into more of like a binge eating type thing where I wouldn't eat all day, but then I would eat at night. And so I gained a lot of weight and I was like really, really struggling with my mental health and physical health. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to start, I'm going to create the habit of going on a daily walk. 
and, and just build it that way. Start slow, start small, because I didn't feel comfortable going in a gym. Um, and this is before, how far before? I don't remember if this is before in the mists of COVID. 2020. No, it's in the midst of COVID. So maybe I couldn't even go to a gym, but I didn't go to a gym for a long time because I was just not at that place yet. So I decided I'd start creating the habit of going on a walk, but I knew that I didn't have time to do that. I was working um, in a social media job. I also took like a side job of working for like a hunting insurance agency. And then I was also babysitting. So I knew I had no time. So I was like, okay, I'll build the habit of going on a walk, but I'll also build the habit of waking up a little bit earlier. So I have time to actually go on that walk. Then when I was on the walk, I would listen to um, more books, more podcasts. And so basically, I really formed those three things at the same time. And when it comes to habits, I always tell people start small because you don't want to overwhelm yourself. Sometimes we get taken aback because we're like, I want to change everything. I want to do all these things. But to actually set yourself up for success and build those habit loops, you want to do something that you actually can do. That's not going to overwhelm you. That's not ruining your life that, that you like that you can add in. So when it comes to adding habits, I think those that chunk worked perfect for me in starting. But if, you, if you're if you trying to add something new into your life, you want to start small so that you don't overwhelm yourself. Just starting it. And if they go together like that, that's amazing. But just starting small. Can you just elaborate on what the habit loop is for people who might have not found you yet and want to start now after they've listened to this? The habit loop, I actually, like, I honestly think I'm going to get it tattooed on my body. I love the habit loop so much. <laughs> I feel I feel like you have to. Right? Like, something, I keep trying to think of, like, something. I have a horrible fear of needles, so I'm like, okay, I'll have to be, like, sedated to get it, but I want it. But the habit loop, and picture it going in, like, um, a clockwise circle, going it over and over. It's this constant loop. Like, if you were just drawing a circle over and over, you have a cue, a routine, and a reward. And then it goes in that cycle. And that's what a habit is. That's what makes up any habit. And habits are everywhere in our lives. Like brushing your teeth is a habit. Making coffee in the morning is a habit. Texting your boyfriend or ex wanting to text them in the morning. That's all a habit. And so when you can look at a habit loop and implement or excuse me, and put in different things. Like if you're trying to figure out how to create a habit or how to change a habit, you would go through the cue routine and the reward. And the cue is it could be a place, a time, a feeling. It's something that's going to trigger the habitual behavior. The routines, what that actual behavior is, whether it's emotional, in action, thoughts. And then the reward is to, is usually what you're going to get out of this habit loop. It, it most of the time that has to do with like chemicals in our brains. So an example is if you're making coffee and, and making coffee at like 3 p.m. is a habit loop. The cue would be like around 3 p.m. when you're getting tired or feeling like exhausted, like you need to pick me up. The routine would be making coffee. And then the reward is you have like this brain buzz because you have energy and you've got caffeine. So what's crazy about the habit loop, which I don't think a lot of people know, is that the routine, oh, also I need to say, you can't break a habit. That was the biggest thing that I learned. I'm like, oh my God, no, duh. And you can only change or you can create one. So when you're changing a habit, what's so crazy is that the cue and the reward are actually linked together. Like those are the two most important things when looking at changing a habit. Because when you when you have your cue, whether it's visual or a thought or something, your brain gets like a small taste of the reward. And that's why you go through the habit loop and actually have that habit because your brain knows if it does that next routine, it's gonna get the reward. It's gonna get that that spike, that that thing that it's craving. And so because the cues really link to the reward, you can change out the routine. And that's how you would change a habit. You're you're not attached to the actual routine, you're attached to the reward. So when it comes to things like, oh, um, 
the habit loop that I just explained of making coffee at 3 p.m., there's other things that will give you that same brain boost that you can replace it with, like going on a walk, playing with a pet, stretching. Um, I'll always drink, like I love LaCroix so much. I'll always go and get a LaCroix and it's the same thing, but it's introducing and trying those new things and understanding how to find the habit loop so that you can change it. There's also, there's so many different ways to change a habit. Well, when it comes to changing a habit and changing that routine, and one thing that I love to teach is that not everything is going to work for every single person the same way. So while like drinking a LaCroix really works for me, when you try to change a habit, you've got to try a couple different routines to find what's going to work. Just if it doesn't work right at first, it doesn't mean you failed. It just means, oh, like that one's not what's for me. Let me try going on a walk or let me try calling a friend or let me try doing something else. And that's how you find what's actually going to work in the long run for changing that habit in your life. Yeah, and I think that's key for people to realize is that not everything's going to just happen and work right away, and that is okay. You know, you have to take those steps to see if it even works for you, and you can't get discouraged if it doesn't work for you and just stop it altogether because then you're losing that consistency, and everything comes with consistency. The habit loop only works if you are consistent with it. So important to just try again. You know, tell yourself it's okay. Still give yourself that reward. Yes. Implement a different process into it because I think that it's so key. I know a lot of the time I've been on this up and down and up and down journey of anxiety and depression. And it started in high school and then I felt okay. And then I went to college and it started again. And then COVID hit. And now I feel like I'm finally on a stable path to this good trajectory in my life finally. But when I was in those okay phases, I would be like, okay, well, this is working and this is working. But then I would hit this low phase and I, I would result back to those old habits because I didn't truly change them from the core. I just thought that I did, but I didn't put in the work to heal and truly do the consistent change that it takes over time to continue that growth. And I think it's so key that people realize that the consistency is key, even if you feel yourself dipping back down into those lower negative thoughts to where you're noticing those little triggers come up when you're noticing those bad thoughts. That is, I love that explanation. Another thing too, that I think people do a lot of the times, and I see it with diets and I cannot explain how much I hate diets and I hate diet culture because it's not sustainable. So you might be like feeling really like you're at your best. You're feeling so good. Like maybe your mental health is doing great because your physical health is doing great and, and you're not eating and, and you have these, these habits are these things that you've created for the short term that work for your life now, but the second that there's an inconsistent or it changes or you gain weight or, or it's not working anymore, that change because it wasn't sustainable isn't something that's going to last. And then you go back through this roller coaster of like trying to figure out, trying to find a new solution. I get so mad when um, my, my family and I, I preach to them about like diet culture, how much I, I just really hate it, how they'll do like a juice cleanse or, or things like that, or I'll hear it on the radio and advertisements. And I, I try so hard to explain that that is going to work for like a, a, a week, a month. Like you'll lose 10 pounds. You'll do this. You'll do that. But the second that you stop that, the second that it's no longer sustainable for your life is the second that you revert back to what it was before. And if not, sometimes it, it's, it's, you're worse off. And then your mental health kind of goes with it because you're like so sad and disappointed and you felt good. And that's why finding a sustainable small change and building upon it, slowly changing that habit from the core is what actually creates change, what actually gets you to level up to this new area of life, to, to that person that you're working to become. I kind of want to go just into one more topic about 
trauma and healing from those past moments, like in that sad phase, did you do a lot to try to heal? And you were saying that you would think back to the habits that you picked up. You would think back to the moments and about what was happening to you. How did you overcome and heal from that? Because I would consider your sad phase like a traumatic period of your life. Those thoughts that you were telling yourself probably created a trauma response inside of your body. How did you realize that, you know, it's okay that they happened and forgive yourself for being in that phase of your life and then move forward and be able to live as who you are now without talking down about who you used to be? That's a really good question. So I think... I feel like the sad phase was a really traumatic time, but there are so many things that that went into that, that I realized um, through habits and learning my habits, I got this new perspective of patterns and how there were so many things that, that were a pattern that I'd either picked up from um, learning in my family, my parents, my environment, different things that I created as patterns in my brain. And the more that I became aware and sat with myself and understood what was going on in my body, the more that I could actually process what was going on and make a conscious choice to change it. And so, and I'll give like two different examples with this. When I would feel anxious and, and I was trying to heal from anxiety, what was making me feel like this, what was actually contributing to all these new things that I was just struggling with, I researched what anxiety actually is. And, and learning the back end actually helped me so much. I did the same thing with breakups. What's going on in my brain? What's going on in my body? So that I had a, an, a, basically a step up to understand the pattern that was going to be taking place. And I realized that when you start feeling anxiety, there's three things that happen and kind of picture this in a pyramid. So at the tip of the pyramid, the first thing that happens is stress hormones are released throughout your whole body. Like you're instantly feeling stressed and your body's struggling. Then go down to like the two points, the bottom of the triangle, and they happen at the same time. You have excessive negative thoughts. And so your brain cannot stop this negative thinking pattern that's kicking off. So you're already in a really bad place, but at the same time, you have an overactive amygdala. amygdala I always say that word wrong. And then what's there is that that's the emotion center of the brain. So you have a way harder time controlling your mental and your physical response. So when you're anxious, your your body's in this, this state. And so I realized that anytime that something would happen, whether it was with a relationship, um, like I would see something online and I'd go into this, this anxiety pattern. I knew that my body was struggling. My brain was struggling. Things were going on that I couldn't couldn't be in control of. And so I would sit in the moments that I felt good or that I wasn't experiencing anxiety. And I would write out exactly what I wanted to tell myself, exactly what I wanted to remind myself, exactly what I knew was logical because I knew my brain couldn't get to those thoughts on its own. And I would read through that and I started changing the patterns. But what I realized when I became aware that I, I could change my life, I could change my thoughts, I could change my decisions, my outcome, I could change the patterns once I learned them. I realized that sitting with, sitting with yourself instead of avoiding those thoughts and actually thinking them and being like, okay, why do I feel this way? Why does my body feel this way? help me actually heal and be able to find the problem and work through it. For example, when I had the, the, the whole perspective that I had a horrible, unhealthy relationship that I was stuck in, I had to stop and say, what is this pattern that I'm choosing these people in my life? Why do I think that I deserve these people? Why do I continuously choose people that treat me like this? And that involved me to like stop and go through things that I learned, things that I saw in my parents' relationship, and, and in my class, I do this exercise with them when it comes to communication. And I say, what is one thing, and I want them to ask themselves and their partner, what is one thing you love about your parents' relationship, and what is one thing that you don't love about your parents' relationship? So you can sit and actually think through. This is the, your exposure to love. And I think, and, and no, nothing against my parents. I love them 
but I think that everyone's family is so different. Like there were things when I got to college that I didn't know weren't normal. And I was like, oh my, like, what the, what's going on? But when you actually sit and you can process, like they made these choices and I love this. I want to carry that into my life, but they made these choices and I don't want that. And I don't want to carry that in my life. Becoming aware, let me realize how, how other people's relationships, what they thought was okay and what they were living through didn't have to be what I chose. And so I could sit down and see that like, that this is why I'm choosing this pattern and, and I can actually choose to change it. So I would say sitting with myself and becoming aware, help me actually heal, help me like work through understanding what I needed to heal and, and coming up with little ways that I could try it. And again, it's like with the anxiety that did not happen in like one second. I realized that there's two, there's also two things. This is crazy. If you struggle with anxiety, anxiety can be triggered by a habit loop or it can trigger a habit loop. So for example, say you you have anxiety and it triggers a habit loop of the routine and the cues anxiety, the routines, binge eating, and then the rewards, you um, have a brain boost from the food you have. Um, I used to have that exact habit loop, like eating was a cure for my anxiety and then it would just repeat. I, I literally lived in that. And, and what's crazy about that, because there's a difference between the two habit loops of anxiety is, is to solve that your problem really isn't necessarily what it looks like is, is the binge eating. It's actually going and looking at the cue and taking a step back and saying, what are the thoughts? What's causing me to feel anxiety? Can I, can I lower that? One thing that I realized, and I would feel really, really anxious when it came to working Monday through Friday. Like I'd be like, like, I felt like I could never breathe is okay. There, there are two couple things like having a clear desk, a clear space, a clean countertop in my room made me feel so good. So I know that if I have that situation set for myself, I don't have that anxiety habit loop. So that's when it comes into um, a habit loop causing anxiety. So for example, say your cue is that you're working all day and you want to take a break and the routines, you go on social media and then the reward, and it sounds weird because the reward's negative, is that you're really stressed out. You start feeling anxiety and you start working because you're missing a deadline or you were gone for too long and now you're anxious. The reason that anxiety is a reward in the situation and in the habit loop causes the anxiety is because your brain kind of tricks you when you're anxious into thinking, overthinking and having like, oh, like if I just work really hard or, or if I never do that again, like I won't feel anxiety. It comes up with these fake solutions. But when you can identify what the habit loop is, you can work accordingly to change it. Like you can go backwards in those steps, like why am I feeling anxiety and look at this habit loop that it's causing. Or you can say, oh, wow, like when I, when I start feeling bored or want to do something at work and I go on my phone that causes anxiety. What can I change in that routine for myself? I'll actually go, I have a balcony in my room and anytime that I need a break, instead of going on my phone and going on social media, because I know that causes anxiety for me, I'll go on my balcony and I'll breathe for like two minutes. I'll just like, sometimes I'll just talk to myself. I've caught myself talking to myself and my neighbors outside and she'll just look at me. I'm like, Oh my God, I got to go over there and like bring her a plant and introduce myself or something. But I come back and I realize I have no anxiety. Like I feel a lot better. I'm ready to work. So it's really interesting, but I think sitting with yourself and recognizing your patterns is how you actually see what they are and, and then becoming aware you can change them and just slowly working through new solutions and, and slowly finding something that's going to work for you. I think just be basically, oh, also when you become more aware in your brain, when you start seeing the patterns and recognizing it, the more your brain's aware, the more you actually have control over the situation and you can make a different choice. You just have to get that level of awareness. Absolutely. Self-awareness is everything when it comes to being able to control your thoughts because your thoughts create your life. They do. Everything. Be everything. You create your entire life in your head. So if you're anxious, that is your thoughts telling you that you are anxious. It is 
just a response to what you are telling yourself. So if you go out and you tell yourself, I am beautiful, I am worthy, I am loved, your body will then reflect that. And that is the same for creating your future life. You could visualize every single thing that you want to happen in your life and your brain can already see that they're possible, that it's already there. And so your body and your subconscious will then push itself to go create that. So it's really just you attract what you think about and you are a direct reflection of your thoughts. Your life is a direct reflection of your thoughts. And I just think that's so powerful. It truly, truly is. I feel like I've, I, I know I have created this, this dream world that I'm living in because I changed my thoughts, which completely changed my actions, my outlook, my abilities to actually do the things that I want to do and, and create this world. Your thoughts are so important. And the more you become aware of what they are and why things are happening, that's where real change is like born and when you can actually do those things. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for talking to me today. I've loved every topic that we've covered. I have just a final question before we leave, because I'm going to start asking every guest. I just want to know what's next for you. What are you visualizing in your head? Currently, you've gotten to the place where you are. What is your next? Oh my God. I love this. I love all your questions. So (laughs) I, over the last eight months, I have gone from working my nine to five while creating my videos, creating this life. I created my own course. So I teach a six week course right now. I'm currently in classes I'm in six classes too. I, I, I kind of went overboard with the six, but I was like, oh my God, I was college studying, I guess. But I'm getting certified in health and wellness and nutrition as a personal trainer and in behavioral change. I'm also um, working to make my class downloadable because there's so many people that the time zones don't line up or in different countries so that anyone can have access to the information. So I'm building that out right now. I just started my podcast. I think I've had it for, it launched on August 1st. So it's almost been a month. I've been writing a book for the last, two years, which is, um, it's so much fun. And I never want to stop because I'm like, I just have so much to add. I just keep learning, but I'm, I'm essentially building out, continuing on my, my courses so that they're downloadable, getting all my certifications, building out my podcast and then building out my book. So I feel like it's crazy because I feel like I'm living my dream life, but it really is just the beginning and I can't see it stopping. It's just getting better and better. So I'm excited. I'm excited to listen to this in like a year and be like, oh my gosh, like, wow, I did this, this, that. Yeah. And what's changed and see how you accomplish those things. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Shelby. It has been such a pleasure and we will see everybody on next week. Thank you guys for tuning in and for listening. Chat with you soon. Love you. Take these lessons and apply them to your life. We promise they help. Amen. Again, so much for listening. I'm grateful that you've come and listened to this episode, and I hope that you took something away from it. If you're interested in learning more about Shelby, about taking her course, or binging all of her videos on TikTok, they're great to binge, I swear. You can find her at Instagram and TikTok at ShelbySacco5. I'll also have links in the at listen.growingpains Instagram to all of her courses and to all of her websites and things of that sort. So you can check out there to get linked to her page as well. And until we see you next time, go ahead and give us a follow at listen.growingpains or at olivia.santelli. Also find Shelby on her pages and start changing your life today. Thank you guys so much. Sending you so much love, so much light. Drink some water, look in the mirror, tell yourself you love yourself. Say, I love you. Just so you know, I love you. Talk to you guys later. Bye.